3: Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality.
4: Hey, what up? It's your boy, Ken, back with another episode of Triviality. I want you to smash that like button, hit subscribe. What's up, guys? Uh, Welcome back to our uh, show. I'm in the studio with Jeff alone. How you doing, Jeff? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm a little scared of high energy, Ken. I'm moving into YouTubing. That's why. Uh, uh, I see. YouTubing is when you get pulled behind a boat, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's I think something so. <laughs> else. Matt, how you doing? Uh, not as good as you, apparently. <laughs> I, I
5: we you know. I thought that you were the ones who always reined these things in, but apparently it was Neil. um, Apparently it was Neil, yeah.
4: Um, Neil is not here today. Um, He took a little trip to the zoo nearby in Chicago, Lincoln Park. He uh, saw the Jaguar, got a little too excited, wanted a closer look, stuck his head right between those bars, and you know what happens. He got stuck. So right now the uh, fire department is sawing the bars off. He should be here for the next episode, but we'll just have to see what happens.
5: I think you got to just slather his head in butter if Full House has taught me anything, and it pops right out.
4: Yeah, butter. You throw some peanut butter in there, some mustard, whatever. Yeah. Don't make they a... end
3: up in the end cutting the railing off?
4: Ah, spoilers, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, obviously we're excited today. We have two very special guests. Um, first up is Jennifer Earhart. She's an Oakland 5 supporter uh, from just outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. How you doing?
0: Thank you. Glad to be here.
4: Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Um, I am an environmental consultant that lives outside of Philadelphia, and I've been listening to the show for a while, so I'm glad to join today.
4: Yeah, we're re- really happy to have you on, and we're also happy for our guest host today. It is Caitlin Joyce uh, returning once again. She is a Savage Superstar, and she's from Raleigh, North Carolina. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing well. How are you guys?
4: Great. Welcome back to the show. Uh, we missed you. Uh, obviously, no Geek Bowl this year, and uh, we had a blast last couple of years uh, doing karaoke yeah. and hanging out and stuff like that. So it's nice to see you again.
2: Yeah, nice to see you guys, too, even if it's virtually.
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, we're in for a good game today. Uh, Matt has his uh, WandaVision background, it looks like, on his mm-hmm. on his Skype. He's spoiling all of us. I love the show. It's great, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. So what do you get what do you think is gonna happen about that thing, huh? Oh, it is going to be a big spoiler thing that we are gonna, we're <laughs> going <right>. to talk about. <laughs> All right, we are not going to talk about that on the show, but we will be getting the rules. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points
3: apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five five categorized questions at the end of the game someone will be named the cream of the crop
0: crop rules everything around me
5: oh, the rules guy spoiled the whole thing why would he do
4: that we just said to avoid spoilers
5: well you can't really control the rules guy he does his own thing he
4: does his own thing darren is a free spirit an um, independent contractor too <laughs> so uh guys what are you gonna do for your team name today
5: uh, you know, just a play off her last name and my love of Bret Hart and the Hart Foundation. We're going to be the Earhart Foundation.
4: All right. Sounds good. And since we're covered uh, in snow for like the third time in a week, Jeff, how about we be the snowmen? Sounds good. Or I want to prefer the snow Ken. I want to build a snow Ken. All right. We'll be the snow Ken. So uh, without further ado or any other puns that uh, make me want to die, Caitlin, take it away.
2: Uh, yeah, let's get started. Uh, your first category is going to be in TV. The British drama series I May Destroy You was created, written, co-directed, and executive produced by What Woman? She also stars in the series as Arabella and previously starred in and created the series Chewing Gum.
4: Okay, so um, we're not really sure on this one, to be honest. Uh, I don't think we've heard of these shows, right, Jeff? No, none None that have come across my radar. Okay. So let's just pick a uh, British actress and say Natalie Dormer. Mm. I think she's British.
5: So, Jennifer, you are in the same boat as those guys, right? No idea yes. about the show no or anything? No clue at all. <laughs> so literally my only inroads to this was I saw some Twitter uh, upset because it was not nominated for any Golden Globes, while well, Emily and Emily Paris, I believe is how you're actually supposed to say it, was nominated for some. Uh, all that being said, I know absolutely nothing, and we are also just going to say a British actress and go with Hermione herself, uh, Emma Watson.
4: Mm, nice pick. Uh,
2: yeah, so this was uh, full of controversy this week because it wasn't nominated for any Golden Globes, which was upsetting. Uh, this is actually Michaela Cole, spelled mm-hmm. C-O-L-E, or C O E L, sorry. Uh, yeah, she's phenomenal in this series. It's heartbreaking um, and so well acted and deserved much better. But
5: I always know part of things and then, and then like <laughs> the part that would be helpful, now skip that.
2: That's, that's
4: Matt's Bane, as we like to call it, right? Mm-hmm.
2: All right, getting into question number two, which is in the category of art, not to be confused with the Clint painting. The sculpture titled "The Kiss" was created by what artist? The sculpture portrays lovers Paolo Malatesta and Francesca da Remini, whose affair, subsequent and subsequent punishment, was immortalized in the Divine Comedy.
4: Uh, we're in with a guess. Um, where does that leave
5: us? <laughs> <laughs> Clueless. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. So we were. I think the Divine Comedy we said was uh, possibly. Uh, ancient Greece, or in that area, so we were looking at old, possibly Roman sculptors, and oh boy, uh, I mean, Michelangelo is too late, right? But, I would
0: assume so, but it's an answer.
5: <laughs> yeah, when in doubt, go with the turtle. So we're gonna we're gonna say Michelangelo.
4: Uh, we thought about going with the turtle, um, but we just uh, took a little bit of a left turn and picked somebody who was around the time of the turtles, and we said Titian.
2: Uh, yes, so this is actually Auguste Rodin, better known for the thinker. Mm. Yep.
4: More like the stinker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, That that is a sculptor I could have named, but uh, yep. wrong one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've been to his museum in Philadelphia.
4: Maybe well, next time.
2: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's see if we can get the ball rolling here with a sports question. Which two NFL teams are the only ones without a logo on their helmets, one of which got new helmets this past year?
4: All right. We are going to go ahead and walk in. Okay. So very quickly, we went with the
5: Browns. We're pretty sure on that one. And then, dot, 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 again. Mm -hmm. Um, So we discussed... Uh, we basically just named all the teams. <laughs> um, and then I think, I, I really think that the Rams would be the only option cause they did get new helmets. Um, and, and they have that new weird kind of fresh LA logo. So do you want to go with the Rams?
0: Yeah, I think that's our best bet. Okay. So we're
5: going to lock in with the
0: Rams and the Browns.
4: Okay. We too quickly locked in on the Browns. Um, the other one was a team that recently changed their name for obvious reasons and are now known as the Washington football team. And we figured <laughs> that there was no logo on there yet, as a guess.
2: Yes, so your correct. Answers are the Cleveland Browns and uh, my favorite team name, which is the Washington football team, because it's hilarious. Uh, I'm
4: sorry, it's not, even, oh, it is. it's not even the Washington football team, right? It's yeah, just it's Washington the Washington football, football team, team mm. like it's a rubber stamp. boom washington this this
5: episode is called ken and jeff beat matt on a sports question yeah (laughs) i could have literally said the browns and i don't know some football team and i would have been right (laughs) (laughs) what a shame what a shame
2: yeah so uh all right let's get into your next question which is uh I, i consider this a lifestyle category in astrology each zodiac sign has a ruling planet Mercury is the ruling planet of Virgo and what sign? That is the third in the zodiac and whose sun transits the sign between May twenty first and June twenty first.
4: We can lock in. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Jeez. Did you read your horoscope today?
3: No, but I happen to know um, that that date range. So okay, we'll lock in.
0: Okay. 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 So I know no one with a birthday in that date
5: range. Oh no.
0: So. But I'm Pisces, which is like March ish. Okay. And then Aries is March into April. Okay. Those are the two I know.
5: <laughs> All right. It's Scorpio is November. And I think Taurus is around, is later too. So what's left? Uh, maybe this is, is this maybe Cancer or?
0: Cancer is like July because my sister in law that.
5: Okay. So we're knocking them down. What about Sagittarius?
0: Ah. <laughs> uh... I don't know about that one.
5: Leo. Could it be Leo or Libra? I don't know what I'm saying now.
0: I'm going to guess Libra out of those three.
5: <laughs> okay. I, I'm i trusting you. This is all on you when we're wrong. Mm, I'm going yeah. to blame you. Yep. Yeah.
0: So Clearly confident.
4: <laughs> I, I, I could hear it in your voice and we are locking in with Libra. Jeff is big into astrology, so let, I'll let him take you this one. That's right.
3: Um, I believe it's the sun goes down, heroes eventually die. No, wait, that's a Quimini. Uh, we're going to go with Gemini. Mm. Uh, yes,
2: yeah, so this is uh, my sign as well as my sister's, although we're not twins. This is Gemini.
3: Oh, it also happens to be mine. Yeah. Can we change our
2: <laughs> team name to Twinsies?
5: Twinsies? Twinning. Like that Will Smith movie, right? Is yeah. that G- Gemini Man? Terrible.
2: Yeah. yeah yeah so it's terrible movie as gemini man <laughs> uh fun fact also uh mutable signs like gemini and virgo are the signs of most serial killers
5: that checks out yeah yep. <laughs>
4: verified it does
2: <laughs> uh all right let's get into your next question uh this is in history What Bavarian king, sometimes referred to as Swan King, is known for his extravagant architectural projects, including Neuschwanstein Castle? His his spending was used against him to declare him insane and depose him before his mysterious death in 1886.
4: Okay, I've uh, been to Neuschwanstein, but uh, for some reason my brain is malfunctioning today. I'm kind of marble mouthed as well. So Uh, I think his name was Ludwig, but kind of second guessing that
5: okay uh Jennifer you said you studied some some German or
0: yeah I took German all through middle and high school and every year we watched a video on Stein, and I told Matt I couldn't remember the guy's name but Matt
2: remembered luckily
5: <laughs> yeah I'm pretty sure this is uh, Ludwig
2: uh yeah your correct answer is Ludwig Otto Frederick Willem or Ludwig the Second specifically uh, King of Bavaria.
4: Yep, I'm glad I remembered that. I don't know why I second guessed that. I'm having a weird, weird night. <laughs> I know why you second guessed it because it's it Ludwig II. Yeah, Ludwig II. Yep, the Ludwig deuce.
2: the Second. So if you need the Reganol number, there you go. <laughs>
4: <laughs> All right, after five questions, the snowmen or the snow Ken, as I guess we're calling it, uh, have 30 points, and the Earhart Foundation 10 points. So we are in the lead by just a little bit.
2: Uh, All right, uh, let's get into your sixth question. Uh, This is in drinks. What popular Italian cocktail is made of equal parts gin, vermouth, rosso, and Campari, and it's garnished with an orange peel?
4: I don't like it. I don't like this question. Let's get the next one. All right, uh, we will discuss. Uh, The only one I can think of that
5: I think that has an orange peel and vermouth. So vermouth is like uh, bitter, I think. Um, I think this might be a Negroni. We used to sell them at uh, MJ's when I used to work there. I'll say that kept corporate name because I don't care about them. (laughs) The Uh, real question (laughs) is,
3: is it as good as Stanley Tucci's?
5: (laughs) Yeah, are you okay with locking in with Negroni? Yeah, definitely. Okay, we're going to lock in with Negroni.
4: Okay, we had absolutely no idea. So after my Italian grandfather, we're calling it the Orange Giuseppe.
2: Well, no offense to your Italian grandmother, uh, grandfather, but I'm afraid that's incorrect. Uh, the <laughs> no. correct answer is a Negroni.
4: Hey. Yep.
2: I'm gonna invent. Red.
4: I'm going to invent the Orange Giuseppe. <laughs> I'm going to bust open Neil's liquor it's orange cabinet. Orange soda and vodka. Make <laughs> <laughs> it sound all fancy, and <laughs> it's just garbage. <laughs>
2: All right, let's uh, get into your seventh question of this first round. The Disney Pixar movie Soul was released in 2020 and stars Tina Fey as 22. And what Academy Award winning actor as Joe Gardner, a passionate jazz pianist?
4: All right, I did not watch this one. Did you watch this one? I think it's Jamie Foxx. Is it Jamie Foxx? Yeah. Oh, well, that would be, yeah. He's an Academy Award winner. Yeah.
3: I, no. I did see it. I think it's it, him. It
4: wouldn't be Mahershala Ali? No, definitely not Mahershala. Okay. No, a guy with a definitely higher register. All right, let's go with Jamie Foxx Yeah. All right, we are locked in.
5: Okay. Um, Tina Fey, and I know a lot of people saw this and had existential crises. Is what I it's not it. hard. But yeah, I, that's true. During I a didn't pandemic, watch it and had day. an existential
4: crisis. <laughs> that's
3: what <Yeah>. I mean. <laughs> I didn't have an existential Uh, crisis after watching it, but I did like it. It
5: That's odd for you. Liking something. Um, (laughs) I think, uh, I think this might've been Jamie Foxx. I feel like he was in, he was in one of these, one of these movies that I didn't see. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I I remember it being when I was uh, watching the Mandalorian, it was promoted pretty much every time I opened Disney plus. So I, if you're okay with that, I think we can lock in with Jamie Foxx.
2: Yeah, let's go with that.
5: All right, Mr. Jamie Foxx. Yeah,
3: and we agree. We said Jamie Foxx.
2: Yep, known for winning his Academy Award for playing Ray, uh, Ray Charles. It is Jamie Foxx.
4: I thought it was right. for stealth. It wasn't?
2: No, he was nominated <laughs> for collateral, and then he won for Ray for best actor. Yeah, yeah.
4: I love collateral. Collateral is good.
2: All right. And your next question in the round is in science. One of the most poisonous commonly grown garden plants, what ornamental shrub is in the dogbane family, a posenaceae. The character Ingrid uses this as a poison to kill a boyfriend in a book by Janet Fitch.
4: Okay. Let's discuss. All right, Jennifer.
5: So what kind of shrubs are you thinking about?
0: The only thing I thought of originally was uh, hydrangea,
5: mm-hmm. but
0: I don't think that's right. <laughs>
5: yeah. Uh, so I I was thinking, um, when I'm thinking about shrubs, I don't want no shrubs. Which you often stars. do.
4: You often have <laughs> yeah. shrubs.
5: Uh-huh. No shrubs. Uh, I'm thinking of something that would be common that would potentially be poisonous, and I remember that we had a rhubarb plant behind one of my apartments that I used to live in. And my parents told me that the leaves were actually poisonous. Um, So I think that might be it. Do you want to go with rhubarb?
4: Yeah, let's go with that.
5: Okay, we're locking in.
4: Yeah, we talked about a few things, but honestly, we didn't come up with much. And we just said hydrangea because they're pretty flowers and they grow in a shrub sort of form. But honestly, this question makes me want to homer back my way into a shrub.
2: Uh, yeah, so the uh, book in question for this was a bestseller in 1999. They made a movie out of it, um, and that was the hint because it has the words of the shrub in it. It's called Oleander. Mm. The book was White Oleander. Isn't that uh, the
4: guy who sells wands in Harry Potter? Indeed. Uh- <laughs> but only the English
3: ones. There's a different one in Germany and all okay. the other countries. Yeah. yeah.
2: All right, moving on. <laughs> Uh, Finally, one next... of my
4: jokes jokes lands. <laughs> <lines. laughs> That's an Ola joke. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Alright, we're moving on to music. Uh, what Irish singer-songwriter partnered with country artist Marin Morris on the remixed version of her song, The Bones? The original version of this song is nominated for a Best Country Song at the 2021 Grammy Awards.
4: Should we just go with that Irish guy? Sure. Okay, we are locked in with that <laughs> Irish guy.
5: Okay, so they're going with Ed Sheeran. Um, that is correct. <laughs> that is correct. My first thought was also Ed Sheeran.
0: Yeah, I don't know a lot of Irish singers. <laughs> it's either
4: Bono or Ed Sheeran. Yeah. I don't know. Basically, the Basically the She's same. With Basically Irish, he's very redheaded. Um, <laughs> do, you,
5: do, you, do you just want to go with Ed Sheeran? Yep. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna go with Ed Sheeran.
2: All right, so I think I tripped you up with the word Irish singer, but there are other Irish singers. Don't believe you, This is Hosier.
4: A Hosier. Uh,
3: hmm. That didn't take me to a right answer. No. No.
2: All right, your final question in this round is also in history. All right. Known for losing his head in the French Revolution, Louis XVI was the last king of what European dynastic family?
4: Okay, we are going to go ahead and lock in on this one. Quick lock in. I think you know the country, Matt. I'm not.
5: Mm -hmm. It's
3: not
4: Ireland.
5: America. Uh, (laughs) King Louis was the orangutan in Jungle Book, right? Okay, so we're halfway there. Uh, do this, you have any was idea? Was this the Capri Sun King? Oh, no. What are some French names? Uh. Tony Parker. Uh, God. <laughs> this is that good. Um, this game this game is getting away from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, L'Orange. Sure. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go with King Louis the Orange.
4: Okay. I'm thinking that um Matt needs a drink and we are going to go with bourbon. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh yeah, so the French dynastic y- family is the Bourbons. Mm-hmm.
4: As uh, Ken's right. <laughs> <laughs> don't you hate it when Ken's right?
2: <sighs> uh Matt, you did name a uh a family though, Orange, like William of Orange, uh mm-hmm. but they are uh from Holland.
5: Oh okay. Uh, named the Dutch. Mainly, boy, they're, they're mainly Dutch. Yeah. <laughs> Very on brand for the show. That's fair.
4: <laughs> All right. After the first round, it looks like we have maintained a slight lead. We have 50 points, and uh, the Earhart Foundation has 30 points. So let's uh, go right into the swing round.
2: All right. So hopefully, we can turn this thing around for the swing round. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of matching in this one. So I'm going to be giving you two things. you got to match them to each other. I'm going to be giving you a children's book and their author. And you have to match the author to the classic children's book.
4: Okay, sounds good.
2: All right, so here I will give you your list of books first, and then I'll give you your list of authors. Uh, All right, your first book is Corduroy. Your second one is Winnie the Pooh. Your third one is Charlotte's Web. Your fourth one is Where the Wild Things Are. Your fifth one is Goodnight Moon. Sixth one is Anne of Green Gables. Seventh is A Wrinkle in Time. Eight is Harold and the Purple Crayon. Nine is The Snowy Day. And ten is The Story of Ferdinand. Your authors in question are Madeline Le uh, Maurice Sendak, Ezra Jack Keats, A.A. Uh, Milne. E.B. White, Margaret Wise Brown, Crockett Johnson, Monroe Leaf, Lucy Maud Montgomery, and Don Freeman.
4: All right. We will consider these children's books. Um, have you read these, Jeff? Um, I've read several of them this week. Oh, that's good. Keeping, keeping the mind going. <laughs> that's, that's
1: excellent. Uh, we'll be right back.
4: And we are back uh, with our answers to the swing round. Um, I think uh, these were about half we got them and half we guessed, right, Jeff? Yeah, that's about right. So hopefully we can pick up some points. Let's uh, hear the um, books one more time and we will try to match the authors.
2: All right. Your first book was Corduroy.
4: All right. And we
3: think that one is Don Freeman. Pure guess, though, right? Yeah, that, I educated. mean, that was like the last book I knew, like I had read, and the last okay. author that sounded familiar. Okay. So.
0: Yeah, so for Corduroy, we guessed Ezra Jack Keats.
2: Uh, so this author is Don Freeman. Good job to Jeff. All right, your next one is Winnie the Pooh.
4: Uh, that one was a little easier for us. Uh, that is A.A. Milne. Yep,
5: we're pretty happy to get one of these right, and we also said A.A. A. Milne.
2: Yes, that is A.A. Milne. All right, your third one is Charlotte's Web.
4: Uh, Again, a little bit more gettable, uh, E.B. White.
2: Yep, and same thing here, E.B. White. Yep, that is correct. It is E.B. White. Your fourth one was Where the Wild Things Are.
3: Yep, one of our uh, favorites, uh, Maurice Sendak.
5: Mm -hmm. Also had Maurice Sendak.
2: That is correct. Maurice Sendak is the right answer uh all right your fifth one was good night moon
4: so at this point we um we were kind of running out of authors to pick and uh we just kind of picked one that sounded familiar so we went with brown
0: and we had a similar situation we had two we went between and we went with lucy Maud Montgomery
2: yeah so this author is margaret wise brown
5: this is not good for us <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, Your sixth one is Anne of Green Gables.
5: All right.
3: So for Anne of Green Gables, we thought this was Lucy Maud Montgomery.
5: And this one we got wrong because we said it was brown.
2: Yep. Anne of Green Gables author is Lucy Maud Montgomery. Mm. All right. Your next one is A Wrinkle in Time.
3: One of the few that I know that I read probably about third grade, fourth grade. Uh, I think this is Madeline L'Engle.
4: Jeff, jeff was an advanced reader yeah
0: and we went with the same
2: thing madeline L'Engle. yep the correct author is madeline L'Engle. all right and your eighth one is harold and the purple crayon so
4: far we're we are we bet correctly on all these and uh it's just down to these last three which were pure guesses um we said leaf
5: i thought this one sounded funny then we just went with crockett johnson
2: Uh, Yeah, this is my favorite sounding author name on this list. Honestly, it's Crockett Johnson.
4: All right. The streak is over. The dream is dead. (laughs) We were due. That's what it was.
2: (laughs) All right. Your ninth one is The Snowy Day.
4: Uh, For this one, we went with everybody's favorite time traveling superhero, Crockett Johnson.
2: And we had
0: guest Don Freeman.
2: Uh, This is Ezra Jack Keats. All right. And that leaves your final one, which is my favorite book from when I was a kid, is the story of Ferdinand.
4: Now, who is Ferdinand? The bull? He's a, he a bull. Oh, yeah. They made that movie about it. Right. Anyways, we guessed Keats. That's wrong.
5: I think uh, that left us with the right answer. I think we said Leaf.
2: Yep. The correct answer is Munro Leaf. All right. So nicely done, guys.
4: All right. Picking up 35 in the uh, swing round is us. That brings us to 85, and uh, picking up 30 in the swing round is the Earhart Foundation, and that brings them to 60. Let's move on to round two.
2: Yep, your round two first question in round two is going to be in sports. What medieval sport became the official state sport of Maryland in 1962? Tournaments in the sport have been held in the state since early colonial times.
4: I know I check out medieval sport all the time at Medieval Times you guys Very local reference <laughs> is it? it's, No they have uh, locations all over the place.
2: We oh, used okay. to we went to one in 6th grade for a field trip that was in New Jersey so
4: No no reason to stop when you reach adulthood that's all I'm going to say about that as long as you're everyone belligerent. Needs,
2: everyone needs a turkey leg <laughs> yeah.
4: I found that the key to having fun at medieval times is belligerency <laughs> You're not wrong. All right, let's discuss jousting. Jousting? That's I, a medieval sport. I think so. Archery? I, I think it's jousting. Could be archery. It could be archery. I like jousting. I do too. But do I've they mean never like, been to medieval times. Do the they runners. mean jousting like uh, like the arcade game joust?
3: No, I literally think they're just trying to run pikes into each other.
4: Okay, we will say jousting.
5: Yeah, and I was thinking because they have the the shield basically on their flag, it would make sense that it'd be a jousting, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that's the only medieval
2: sport I know.
5: Yeah, so we're going to lock in with my favorite arcade
4: game of the 70s and say joust.
2: Uh, Yeah, so your correct answer is jousting.
4: All right. Jeff and I are going to go out back and do some jousting uh, right after this, but in our cars.
2: (laughs) I've done it
0: in kayaks before with squirt guns. (laughs) It's fantastic.
4: (laughs) With squirt guns, did you say?
0: Yeah, my nephew's... Me and my brother rowing at each other and my nephews with squirt guns in the back.
4: Just use the oars to try and knock, knock <laughs> you. I would totally do that. Knock you out of a canoe, Jeff.
2: <laughs> All right. So getting into your second question of the round, uh, this is going to be a literature question. Concrete Rose is the newest release by Angie Thomas and the prequel to what book? This book takes place 17 years prior And in the same neighborhood of Garden Heights,
5: Um,
2: so it's the Hate You Give. I've read it, and I am looking
0: forward to reading the new one. So,
5: okay, I think I they had a Netflix special, right? Maybe
0: it was made into a movie. I haven't seen the movie.
4: All right, well then, that's awesome. (laughs) We're (laughs) lucky. We have no idea, so we're just going to tap on this one.
2: Uh, Yeah. So the correct answer to this is this. Concrete Rose is the prequel to the hate you give. Um, but uh, I look forward to reading it too. Cause I really enjoyed the hate. Well, enjoyed is a enjoyed rough is, word.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Like it was a really good book. <laughs> yes, it was an impactful
2: book. <laughs> yes. Question three in your second round is going to be in movies. What 2021 black and white romantic drama written and directed by Sam Levinson is garnering Oscar Buzz for Zendaya. The film was the first Hollywood feature to be entirely written, financed, and produced during the COVID-19 pandemic.
4: It's in my queue. What's it called? I was just like, oh, this one, I want to see this in the in the queue. I didn't even look at it.
5: Yeah, you can't even you can't open Netflix without it being like shoved in your face. <laughs> I love Zendaya. Do you know this one,
4: Jennifer?
0: I don't.
5: Okay, we can lock in. I know it.
4: No, I'm not going to get it. Sorry, Jeff. Sorry, Jeff. Got to tap.
5: <laughs> All right, I believe the name of that movie is Malcolm and Marie.
4: Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, so this is garnering a lot of uh interesting cr- reviews right now. Uh everyone says the acting is phenomenal, uh but the screenplay itself is a little bit interesting because it's written by a white person. Uh but this is Malcolm and Marie.
5: Yeah, I hear good things.
2: Yeah. Um, all right. So, getting into your fourth question of the round, uh, this is a uh, current events question. Um, Lady Gaga teamed up with Oreo to make a line of pink vanilla flavored cookies with green cream filling to help promote her sixth studio album. With what title?
5: I just saw these.
4: That sounds <laughs> gross. Oh, they look gross. There's. Yeah,
5: I thought it when I first saw it. I thought it was one of those um, those
4: like parody kind of yeah. ads, and it
5: wasn't a real thing,
4: like uh toothpaste flavored Oreos or mm-hmm. nacho yeah. cheese flavored Oreos. I, I I see the Lady Gaga like ads too, and I can't mm-hmm. remember what the album's called. It's probably not Hydrox. In that case, <laughs> hail Hydrox. Can you can you can you pull this one, Jeff? At all? Uh, I haven't listened to any of her newer albums. Yeah, it's not gonna come to us. It's pink and green. Um hummingbird. Yeah. Hummingbird. Okay. Flavored Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> can really taste Is the nectar.
5: Creating quite a buzz. I don't think that works. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> when you saw them your Jennifer. heart went flutter
0: so i hadn't heard about the oreos but i think it's chromatica
5: oh okay you're a little monster is that what i'm hearing sure (laughs) i'm a bit of a medium monster
4: myself we can lock in with chromatica matt just lives for the applause and how right you are
2: uh yeah these uh disgusting looking cookies uh, apparently just taste like the vanilla oreos um but they have like Nickelodeon slime colored filling. Uh, these are made to help promote her album Chromatica. All
4: right. <laughs> All right. The Earhart Foundation caught us slipping. So we are now losing this game. So let's uh, turn around for question five.
2: All right. Your fifth question is going to be in theater. Uh, what English playwright of the Elizabethan era wrote the plays Timberland the Great and The Tragical History and? of The Life and Death of Dr. Faustus. He was considered the foremost dramatist in London, but his career was cut short due to his mysterious death at age 29.
3: I know exactly one Elizabethan dramatist.
5: <laughs> Go on. That's
4: it. I don't know. It's just no. William, William, William <laughs> Shakespeare. <laughs> Billy Shakespeare. Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Shakespeare. <laughs> 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 Sad to say, but I, I've had nothing on the list, like a couple. I got nothing Was the title of my sex tape.
5: Why, why haven't they made a
4: movie about this? <laughs> then we, then at least Neil would know. Exactly. I would... <laughs>
3: and then after he answered it the fifth time
4: on the show, I would remember it. Believe it or mm-hmm. not, I was thinking about Shakespeare in Love, but it's been a, too long since I've seen that. I,
5: I don't know. Let's go with uh, another
4: English person and say Emma Watson again.
0: <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah, we had nothing, unfortunately, so we got to tap on this one.
2: Uh, yeah, so this is... Uh... I know you were talking about how you wish there was movies made of this. Well, it was briefly in Shakespeare in Love. Um, this is Christopher Marlowe.
4: Is that Ben Affleck? Uh,
2: no, that is uh, Rupert Everett in that oh, movie.
4: okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was on the right track. I just couldn't. There's no way I was going to pull that. but.
2: Yep but he was Shakespeare's rival and he's one of the people who people say may or may not have written some of Shakespeare's plays.
4: All right. After that five questions in the second round, uh, we lost the lead. It's 100 to 95. So
2: you guys, uh,
4: you guys searched and early in that, that, that round. So good job.
5: It was a roaring comeback. It's more where that came from. Probably maybe. Yeah. Right.
4: <laughs> All right. Let's go.
2: <laughs> All right. Uh, your sixth question of the round uh, is in uh, TikTok. Yes. Neil's Neil gone. <laughs> I feel like
3: every game is written for Neil now. That's because he's a smart cookie, man.
2: According to a new trend on TikTok, Gen Z has decided that millennials need to stop wearing skinny jeans, using the cry laugh emoji, and doing what with their hair?
5: Mmm we can lock it in
4: of course <laughs> i just read this too i don't know why i was on buzzfeed or something but, um doing what with their hair oh it's the side part okay that's the side part which i can't do anymore on, anyways so that's fine matt can you yeah. do that how's I your how's the... your regrowth coming
5: It's it's uh, male pattern baldness does not uh, lend itself to the middle part that Gen Z is preferring at this point in time. Uh, Yeah, the answer is side part.
2: Uh, Yes. So in the long list of things that Gen Z is shaming millennials for, uh, we now can no longer side part our hair. Mm -hmm. So the correct answer is side part.
4: Gen Z can pry my skinny (laughs) jeans off of my sweaty calves.
2: There was a whole thing about um, t- uh, so Target released like they put their spring clothing out and people wander around wondering what year it was, because it's like for women, it's baby doll tops. It's uh, cut off cardigans. It's like short overalls uh, that are pastel colors mm-hmm. and like the Disney things we used to wear in the 90s, the shirts with the Disney characters on them. And I'm just like, if they bring back Junko jeans, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs>
4: and finally the crop crop tops which are still not available at t public but you should go to our uh, store and buy a t-shirt they are available if you buy a full-size t-shirt and then you cut the (laughs) cut it and then you screw it up so you have to buy another one buy as many as you need it's fine
5: they'll be there (laughs) buy a practice one first and then you buy the real one
2: all right your seventh question in the round is going to be in super duper current events um because this happened yesterday whoa uh during his MVP speech at the twenty twenty one NFL Honors, Aaron Rodgers revealed that he is engaged to what actress known for her role in Big Little Lies.
4: And he moved on from uh, Olivia Munn pretty fast, huh?
1: Mm-hmm.
4: What the hell? F that guy. And it's a stash. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the, the the Roger stash is is no bueno. <laughs> like like you, you have to be rich and famous to get away with that. It's ugly a me, a Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Do you know? Because, because nobody who had like real friends who weren't kissing your ass constantly would tell you that looked good.
4: Mm. Okay, we are locked in. Jeff Jeff uh, has finally pulled an answer by himself, and uh, that answer is we guessed Shailene Woodley. <laughs>
5: Well, that would probably be a pretty good poll because I'm pretty sure the answer is Shalene Woodley.
2: Uh, yeah, so uh, found out yesterday when he let it slip in his speech that he is engaged to Shalene Woodley.
4: The return of the Reservoir of Genius, <laughs> except this time it's on this side of the table. Reservoir this side of, the
5: of Genius. <laughs> <laughs> One of those pipes, Jeff, been holding out on us.
2: Uh, yep. So your eighth question in the round is uh, in TV. Uh, what comedy drama television series created by Darren Starr premiered on Netflix in October of 2020? The series was controversially nominated for a Golden Globe in the Best Television Series and Best Actress in a Musical or Comedy categories.
4: Why did I read the Golden Globe nominations if I wasn't going to remember anything? <laughs> this is like bad trivia practice, just in general, my life, bad trivia practice.
5: Jennifer, you know this one? No. We can lock in. <laughs>
4: Matt. All right. Uh dra- Dramedy Dramedy Netflix series. October twenty twenty. Seems like a long time ago. It's too much. Too much on Netflix. <laughs> they
5: they said they're gonna put out a movie every week this year.
4: Okay. So there's they're, okay. they're just
5: putting out content, content, content. That's
3: uh, not even a lot. I mean, how many movies usually come out in the box office on a weekend? A couple?
5: Yeah, but like yeah, I guess.
3: Uh, I don't know. I don't know this one. Nominated for in the musical or
4: comedy category? Yeah, it's. A, she said it was a dramedy. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't I know can't. either. Um, Atypical is a show on Netflix. We'll pick that. <laughs> That's
5: definitely a dramedy. Uh, it's funny because I did mention the name of the show earlier. Uh, it was really funny. There's a twitter comedian who posted that she was the actual executive producer of this show and then she posted that she doesn't understand why I got nominated because she made the show as a joke and it got picked up by like a bunch of news outlets who were like re-reporting it uh so i believe the answer is emily in paris
2: wow uh yeah matt did bring this up earlier and i was laughing to myself uh because the answer is emily in paris or emily in paris
5: (laughs) it has to rhyme that's what i heard that's how I thought it was Emily in Paris forever, but someone said, no, it rhymes. Fool,
4: it rhymes.
2: All right. Your ninth question of the round is going to be in science. Um, your question is, what acid species shares its name with an American chemist and former dean of the College of Chemistry at University of California, Berkeley? These acids are characterized by an empty orbital, which can accept an electron pair.
5: Oh, man.
4: That is silence right there.
5: Can I hear that again, please? hardcore science.
4: This is what the depths Uh, of space sound like if you listen very closely. (laughs) I can name two kinds of acid. Well, three. (laughs) You're an idiot. All right, we're... we're, Whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. I
5: feel, you know... Just want to, you know, drop the right acid here, and I just don't know which <laughs> one. <laughs> oh yeah you? Which one to go? We we mentioned a lot of different kinds of acids: your sulfuric, your hydrochloric, your wash jeans, and we just have no idea here. Um, so we're just gonna lock in with weak acids, I believe, is what Jennifer said.
0: Yes, yeah. I'm a bad chemical engineer, but that's what I came up with.
5: <laughs> That's okay, I got a coffee question wrong once too So it happens to everyone
4: And uh, yeah, we just can't think of an acid named after a person Unless the person is Dean Ascorbic So we said that
2: Uh, Yeah, so the person in question that these acids are uh, referred to Is Gilbert and Lewis, these are Lewis acids Mm.
4: Doesn't ring a bell, to be honest But that's okay, we learn stuff (laughs) Sometimes we learn stuff
2: all right, your final question in the regular round is in geography. Uh, Alexander Island is considered the largest island on what continent?
4: All right, we're we're good, we're good. Maybe. Okay, so
5: we 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 narrowed it down to seven. Um, so that was a good start. Wait, there start. are seven continents. <laughs> yeah, I know. in your mind. You um, we were gonna say Pangea, but we thought that's not right.
4: Uh, technically correct
5: you... i only <laughs> um so you were thinking maybe antarctica
4: yeah
0: it's the one that seems like i wouldn't know an island name for
5: <laughs> and that is fair we don't know so we're saying antarctica
3: and uh i was pretty sure i could name the largest island in all the other continents with maybe you exception of pants south america but uh we also went with antarctica
2: uh, yes, so your correct answer is Antarctica. So Take good that, job, Jeff.
3: What right are you in your face? I like how you think I would be mad that you also got a question right. No, I don't
4: care. That's a, that's a joke. <laughs> okay, in the final stretch, it looks like we picked up an additional 30, bringing our score to 125. These guys increased their lead, though, picking up another 40 points, bringing their total to 140. So... Uh, they're going into the final with the lead, but uh, really quick, uh, both of these uh, fine folks on our show today are Patreon supporters. Jeff, can you remind our listeners how they can join them? Very simple. Patreon.com slash
3: Podcast is where you can check out all of our different tiers and perks that we've got for you there. Uh, we are on a drive this year. We're trying to get to 500 patrons, which would be awesome for us. And we are very appreciative of the support that we've been given so far. It's allowed us to do a lot of extra things like add new content uh, publicly and behind the scenes uh, for those of you who are interested. So check it out. Patreon.com slash Triviality Podcast.
4: Now that those obligatory drops are completed, Neil won't yell at us when he gets his head unstuck from the railing. So let's move on to the final. What are those categories?
2: All right. Your first category in the final round is a bird in the hand. Your second category is, is worth two in a bush. Three, cruel to be kind. Four, you're barking up the wrong tree. Five, a penny for your thoughts.
4: Now is, is penny for your thoughts, is that spelled T-H-O-T-S? <laughs> <laughs> is penny no, capitalized in lowercase? It's or lower now case? I
2: an opportunity and I'm mad. <laughs>
4: Okay, our wagers were locked in. We were going to do 27 half all the way down, but instead we decided to do 15s all the way down. Uh, and you guys said you were doing 10s all the way down. So uh, we're going to have to do a little better than we thought we were going to have to do, Jeff. Let's get those questions and pray.
2: All right, your first question in the category A Bird in the Hand. What board game published by Stonemeyer Games won the... Kernishpiel de Yares Award for Best Connoisseur Game of the Year in 2019. The card-driven game makes players compete to attract birds to their wildlife reserves. Your second question is worth two in a bush. Which of George W. Bush's daughters started a book club in 2019? She currently co-hosts the fourth hour of NBC's Today and is an editor-at-large for Southern Living magazine. First name is fine. Uh, Your third category, cruel to be kind. I must be cruel to be kind is an idiom derived from what Shakespearean play when the title character refers to his killing of Polonius.
4: Go ahead with the next one. I think I
3: remember that one from the poster. That's good.
2: (laughs) All right, your fourth category, you're barking up the wrong tree. In 2021, the Puppy Bowl... Team Ruff won against Team Fluff and awarded the MVP trophy to Marshall, a hearing impaired dog of what breed? This breed is the result of a cross between an English Bulldog and a white English Terrier.
5: I knew the name.
2: (laughs) All right, your fifth question, a penny for your thoughts. Penny dreadfuls were popular serial literature produced during the 19th century. The subjects of these stories were typically sensational Focusing focusing on the exploits of detectives, criminals, or supernatural entities. What famous straight razor wielding murderer first appeared in a, in the penny dreadful, The String of Pearls?
4: All right, we will consider our answers and we'll be right back.
2: Everybody, shush! William Shatner
0: has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you
3: do when the woman you love dies?
0: Kat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and
4: cautiously peer inside the box of oddities.
0: The
1: Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media.
0: Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the Chart-Topping Family Road Trip Trivia podcast. teens toddlers adults it doesn't matter spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode new episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts search for the family road trip trivia podcast and turn those car rides into
2: epic adventures
4: all the answers are now locked in so let's uh, see how we did here
2: all right your first question was a bird in the hand Uh, What board game published by Stonemaier Games won the Kennerspiel Yares for Best Connoisseur Game of the Year in 2019? The card-driven game makes players compete to attract birds to their wildlife reserves.
4: Yeah, sadly, this is not one that uh, we were aware of. So we just kind of guessed Hummingbird and uh, hope that's a game.
5: Yeah, I don't know if this was based off the hit Netflix movie Bird Box or whatever, but we have no idea either.
4: We said Flock of
5: Seagulls.
2: Uh, this is a beautifully designed game. The artwork is amazing. Uh, it's called Wingspan.
4: Mm. Mm. See, that's a much better name for a game than Hummingbird. <laughs> that's what Jeff was, Jeff was criticizing my game naming abilities.
3: I mean, <laughs> yours would have been better than mine. I would have just called it like Sparrow the Gathering. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
5: Jeff is very pretentious with his board games That's a fact That's a fact, Jack
2: uh, Alright, your second question Was, is worth two in a bush Which of George W. Bush's daughters Started a book club in 2019 She currently co-hosts the fourth hour of NBC's Today And is an editor-at-large for Southern Living Magazine
3: um, Yeah, this was the the first bush we could remember That wasn't Laura, we said Jenna
2: yeah, similar situation
0: here. Jenna was the one I could name.
2: So the correct answer here is Jenna Bush Hager. That's why I said you don't have to say her last name because she's married now. So
3: I did know that.
2: Uh, question number three, cruel to be kind. I must be cruel to be kind is an idiom derived from what Shakespearean play when the title character refers to his killing of Polonius.
4: Okay, we were trying to recall uh, Neil's bathroom poster with all the Shakespeare killings on it and the one with the most killings I think was Titus Andronicus, right?
3: Yeah, I believe you are correct. So that's what we guessed.
5: Yeah, unfortunately I haven't been in Neil's bathroom recently. Uh, So I'm not sure. Not that he knew Uh, of anyways. (laughs) Uh, I remember this so I thought it might be from a play that I read before so I just said Othello.
2: Uh, Yes, so this is actually from the play Hamlet. Mm. Mm.
5: Oh, no. (laughs) The most famous one. One of the most.
4: We needed that one.
2: All right, your fourth question in the final round. You're barking up the wrong tree. In the 2021 Puppy Bowl, Team Ruff won against Team Fluff and awarded the MVP trophy to Marshall, a hearing-impaired dog of what breed? This breed is the result of a cross between an English Bulldog and a White English Terrier.
4: Uh, Please let us know if we need to be more specific, because we just smashed together the words that you said and said Bull Terrier.
2: That's fine.
4: Okay,
5: great. I think it's it's a similar breed, and we went with Boston Terrier.
2: Uh, Yeah, so known for their squished faces and black and white fur, this is a Boston Terrier. All right, and your fifth question, a penny for your thoughts. Penny dreadfuls were popular serial literature produced during the 19th century. The subjects of these stories were typically sensational, focusing on the exploits of detectives, criminals, and supernatural entities. What famous straight razor-wielding murderer first appeared in a penny dreadful? The Strings of Pearls.
4: Attend the tale of us losing this game, we said Sweeney Todd. (laughs)
0: Yes, yeah, so we also went with Sweeney Todd.
2: <laughs> uh, the correct answer is the barber of Fleet Street. It is Sweeney Todd.
4: Okay, in that final round, we lost 15 points, bringing our total to 110. But today's cream of the crop picked up 10 points with a uh, very conservative bet and ended up with 150. Congratulations. You're the cream of the crop.
0: Are you Carly Simon? Because nobody does it better. You're the cream of the crop. I'm very excited Yay. for them,
4: but
3: I'm also not excited because the loser of this game gets baked into a pie. So yeah.
4: <laughs> At this point, I'm accepting whatever fate uh, has in store for me. So, uh, great question. So we really enjoyed that, Caitlin. Thanks again.
2: No problem. I'm happy to help out when a time of need, when somebody needs to host. <laughs>
4: yeah, always happy to have you on the show, Jennifer. Great game. Congratulations on the victory.
2: Thank you. Thank you
0: for having me.
4: Yeah, of course. Any uh, any last shout outs to give?
0: Um, it's my mom's birthday today, so happy birthday to her in case I share with this with her.
4: (laughs) Happy birthday. Happy birthday to your mom. Yes. How about you, Caitlin?
2: Uh, I, I have no shout outs, really. I have no one to go, no place to go, no one to know. Moved during a pandemic too, Matt. It's been rough. Yeah. (laughs) So shout out to my fiance who has been dealing with me during a pandemic for over a year now living at home.
4: (laughs) There's a lot of people feeling that feeling right now. So shout out to all of them too. But yeah, uh, this shout is... out to
5: everyone who's been living in a pandemic, which is everyone. Yeah, so.
4: seven billion or so. All right, <laughs> well, it's all seven billion of our listeners. Uh, we want to thank you once again from Jennifer, Caitlin, Matt, Jeff, not Neil, and myself. That was triviality. A lot of all editing. Right. A lot of editing on this episode because of <laughs> me, by me. I know. <laughs> You only have yourself to blame. I'm my own worst enemy. I'm missing my my right hand man. <laughs> oh. You're my right leg man. Nice. And Matt is in LA. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>